All right. Well, welcome, everybody. It is good to be with you. Happy weekend. Um, today, I have my friend with me, Sue Bolt. Um, Sue Bolt came into uh, me and my wife's life about seven years ago, and um, she and her husband, Randy, have just been a true blessing to us, have encouraged us and supported us when we first moved to San Francisco. Some of the first people that uh, we got to know. Uh, my wife actually got involved with a mentoring cohort, and Sue was her mentor. And uh, I just remember my wife getting off the phone after talking with Sue and just feeling so encouraged. And, you know, just having someone that she can talk to, that she could be real with. And I just remembered her just being so filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, when times got tough, I said, well, when's the next time you're going to get a chance to talk to Sue? <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, I also, I, I wanted to take some time uh, today and I wanted to um, let you folks know about a resource. Uh, Sue has written this book called Refresh. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's predominantly written to women. Is that true? Um, but You know, it is. It is. Well, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, it, it doesn't, I know that was, to, uh, you know, given to, written to women, but it, it's, anybody can read this and it's just, it's yes. very life changing because, um, Sue is really real and she shares from her life and I wanted to take some time and I wanted to, uh, to talk with Sue, ask some questions and really just have her continue to share her story with us. Um, so thank you for joining, uh, me today, Sue, and thank writing this book and being a blessing to my wife as well as so many other ladies out there. Well, thank you very much. It is really a great honor to be here today, Noah. We love you and Rochelle so much. So very, very pleased to do this for you. And a quick note, I should say really anybody can read Refresh and I'm actually going to redo the cover, but if you go on to Amazon, it's Refresh Sue Bolt, regardless of what the cover looks like. Um, yeah, I love sharing. My passion is to see men and women free in Christ. I know the strongholds of my life that really kept me from so much of what the Lord had for me, but uh, he can do it and he does want his kids free. Awesome. You know, Sue, um, as I jumped into your book, I, I first thought, wow, she's getting right to it. You know, in the first chapter, you're starting yeah. to unveil uh, your story and what was going on in your life and this the stuff that you're talking about these personal issues were one they weren't before you knew jesus i mean these were this was a time in your life where you were married you had three kids you were a pastor pastoring a church um you know and also these weren't things that were public and where you could see these were all things that were internal kind of kind of the, the hidden places of your life um, but they were definitely real, and uh, you can you can see just really re wreaking havoc on how it was impacting relationships. So, tell us what was going on in this season of your life. Uh, paint a picture for us to to help us to see what was going on on the inside of you during these times. Oh, I'll be happy to share. I mean, it's uh, you know it was a difficult time in my life, but I am. Uh, I have no problem being transparent, like you said, because I want people to be helped and know that we're not alone. I literally, within the last few minutes before we jumped on this interview, had sitting across from the kitchen counter over there, going to deep places with a, a woman that's going through some, some severe stuff and some mild depression. 
And that's where I was at. And I think, you know, we were, my husband and I were pastors. We had this beautiful family. We had a beautiful home. We had a church plant that was growing. But the pressures of all that, you know, caused this deep stuff of my soul. And our soul, I think it's important to know what our soul is. It's our thought life. It's our mind. It's our heart. It's emotions. It's our personality, our intellect. Those deep places that God created where the enemy still can get a snare in our lives. The deep things there, those pressures. And I think COVID has done this. It's really caused people to say, what is going on inside of me? Because we go through our day-to-day life and we seem fine. But there are things about us that Jesus wants to go deep and heal. And my big symptoms of the, the woundings of my heart were Uh, One, I had an eating disorder that lasted really from start to finish over a decade. Um, I couldn't control my thoughts. And I lived in a fantasy world that started in my early childhood as an only child. But it really, when uh, life got mundane or tedious with raising kids and doing church, it was my way of escape. I didn't do drugs. I didn't over drink, but I could fantasize. And I got to a place, though, where I couldn't control it. And that's scary to not be able to control your thought life. And those two things, that the stronghold of that eating disorder and the fantasy life finally led to really a mild depression in my about my mid-30s. And I, I really questioned the Lord. I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I know the word of God. And yet I'm, I'm probably in the worst state of life I could ever have been, found myself in. And that's what I asked myself, Lord, where are you? Yeah, it actually uh, came to a point where you decided to walk out on your marriage. Yeah, I I mean, I came to a place where I was just so numb inside. And what I was thinking, I mean, really, you know, are you thinking rationally at that point? No, when you've allowed all this stuff in your life. And yet you've got Jesus, but you're, you're running on two parallel tracks. And it's very easy for us Christians to do that. We can get kind of professional with our Christian walk and lose the intimacy that we have with him. And that's really where I was at. I love the Lord. That was not in question. But I, um, again, where was the struggle coming from? And it was coming from the deep places of my soul. Um, But I showed up in Randy's office, the church office, one Sunday afternoon. He was preparing to speak somewhere else. And um, I said, you know, I'm just done. I want out of here. And now when I look back on it, and, I, and it wasn't just leaving him. I was talking about leaving my three little kids as well. I mean, that's, that's how uh, numb I felt inside. And uh, I realized many years later, you know what? I wasn't trying to leave my circumstances. I was hoping to leave myself. But at the time, the enemy whispers that lie, well, if you could just get away, just one more vacation, just one more race, whatever you think it is that's going to be that balm to soothe these deep things of your thought life or your soul, or your heart. Um, you know what? The Lord loves us so much. He just kept pursuing me. He didn't let me leave. And that was really a work of the Holy Spirit. I, I stayed and God did a work in me. And I'm so grateful. Wow. But I think people can relate to that. I just want to get out of my circumstances. But you know what? Wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. Right. Yeah, it sounds like you had, um, you had, even though you had been saying yes to God as far as ministry and family, it was as if 
you couldn't move forward without dealing with some of the uh, internal things that, that just had to be uh, had to be dealt with and you kind of sort of had, it sort of stopped you in your place and you had to refocus on the internal part of who you are um, what what happened how did you get from there uh, and, and what was the I get the work of God how did you begin to work towards healing and health um, in your life well that's a that's a loaded question and I'll try to keep it very briefly um, it was at this point where I really recognized that I was in a low-grade depression. I actually was seeing we had a, a couple in our church, and God bless them, they were, um, you know, marriage and family therapists. And I met with them some, and, and please hear my heart, I am all for counseling. I send people to professional Christian counseling all the time. I send family members to professional Christian counseling all the time. Um, but... I'll do, there is that caveat. It's Jesus who heals. I mean, I, and he will use counselors, but ultimately it's him that does the work. And I think you can't do counseling outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's helpful, but to have us full freedom. And so for me, what took place, again, the Lord in his deep love and mercy met, I always say he met me one Saturday morning. I, it wasn't that I had forsaken quiet times with the Lord. But I had never approached a quiet time with like what the scripture says to do. Lord, what is it? Psalm 139, I think verse 14. Search me and know me and show me what is inside of me that is causing me this issue, this pain. And that now when I look at the scriptures, I see it from Genesis to Revelation. He is all about, hey, son, hey, daughter, let me heal those deep places. Because that's where we start living abundantly. And so this one Saturday morning, even without my asking, but just, just the sheer love and grace of God, I had an encounter with Jesus. And for my story, and my, this isn't everybody's story that's in a mild depression, but for my story, he really revealed to me, I was dealing with a spiritual spirit of pride. And what, when I recognized that, I could, it was like the blinders came off. And in the power of Jesus' name, I really said, you know, I don't want this anymore. I was a broken woman at this point. I was not in a good place with the authority of the power of Jesus' name. And, you know, that thing just broke. And I would love to say I went off into the sunset and life was rosy ever since. No, that was the beginning so that I could go to deep places with counseling, with the counseling of the Holy Spirit and get free. And, and one thing I'm going to say, though, about pride is pride. I, this is just a personal opinion, but I think pride and shame are two sisters that work together very, very strongly. Shame tells us we're not worthy. And I believe we inherit that from the Adam and Eve. What the first, they were ashamed immediately when they blew it in the garden. But what pride does and how it works with shame is say, no, I can prove that I am better than this. And so in the human soul, to some degree, I believe there's always a struggle in us to put down shame and to grab hold of pride, to say, um, you know, do that paradox thing. If I feel less than, no, I'm better than. But it's that struggle that can really be wearing and tearing on a human heart. And that's where I found myself. Um, you know, so when those things started to be revealed, 
then the Lord, could, it was like the cork got pulled out of the bottle and Jesus could go to the deep places of, okay, well, well, sweetheart, let's see where this began in your life. Let's go to some deep issues where you have felt less than, where you felt shame or rejection, whatever it is your issue. And I tell you, the work of the Holy Spirit is thorough. So that's been a, I don't think this side of heaven, we ever stopped that. But can I tell you, I feel like I've, I've had three major breakthroughs. That bulimia broke, that thought life pattern broke, and the depression broke that instant. Um, but now he's still doing that continuing work of war. You know, honey, I love you so much. I don't want any stone unturned. But I'll tell you, life changed on a dime when that started happening. You know, there was something um, that I read in your book that, said that we try to, I don't know if you said in your first person or, or we generally try to uh, outdo uh, what we think we are. We try to outperform who yes. we are. And I just read that and I thought, how does she know that about me? <laughs> and I thought, wow, I, I guess what I thought was like, I, that actually put something into words where a lot of us are trying to strive to outperform uh, a perspective that's very low of ourself. And that's kind of what you're talking about, the shame and pride. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, did I interrupt you, Noah, there? Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I genuinely believe this. Uh, we, you know, and to what degree, and you have to understand, I came from a, a home where my parents, as the only wanted little girl that they ever had, uh, I had a lot of affirmation and they affirmed me and they loved me. But again, we do have an adversary and I, we have our soul. And that's why I say it's, it's so important that we get counseling. I'm all for counseling, but there is a spiritual component where we have to come against the enemy. And the thing that the enemy is known for and the scriptures tell us this, I believe it's Ezekiel 38 is his pride. You know, that's why he got kicked out of heaven. So that's going to be the main tool he uses in the human race to that pride, but he can have that access because of that shame. And uh, many of us will say, well, you know what? My, I never measured up in my parents' eyes. Um, and that's why I've worked so hard to get my education, my position uh, and ministry. You know, I got to have a church this size number. I've got to be this on the ball. I've got to have this kind of house. Um, you know, we see it rampant, you know, and, and even if it's subtle, like we, this was my thing. Oh, those things don't matter. But, you know, internally, they really, really did. And uh, whether it's you're trying to uh, fill uh, an affirmation of that you didn't get that in your early years or that your boss isn't giving it to you now, well, I'm going to just try that much harder. Or if it's an internal struggle like I went through, like I said, that is a very wearingly way to live. And I think that ultimately led to that mild depression because you get to the point where I can't do it. Um, you know, I've, I've tried and I still, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've changed jobs, I've done, and, and many times those are great in the moment, but they're not the eternal things where Jesus says, you know, I want to go and take care of those issues. Did that make sense, Noah? Yeah, you know, as I'm thinking about what you're sharing, it's like you're, you're saying that the, the symptoms of what you're going through were seen in um, in, in your eating disorder, yes. in your depression, in your fantasy world. But, you know, for other people, it could be, you know, addiction and compulsion, you know, and all these different implications of what was going on with this shame and pride. 
my question is, is some, if somebody's going, oh, so there's, there's a root issue, shame and pride, yes. how, how does somebody begin to address that? Or how did you uh, feel like you were able to really get to that root issue and, and, and have some transformation happen there? Oh, good question. And, but I want to say one thing first before I get to the question. You know, if you were talking, and I'm not uncovering him because he's very open about sharing this, but you had Randy, you said you interviewed Randy. Now he would tell you his stronghold was the control and perfectionism. Well, in many ways, the ways those symptoms are applauded. If you're an overachiever and if you like things perfect and you're um, meticulous, but to a fault where it's damaging your life and your home life, because that actually, there were two pieces to that puzzle is his control and my insecurity. Well, they, they were like matching things that really almost combusted our marriage, exploded it up. So it's not just addiction or um, like my, my thing, a mental thing, but it can be things that are actually esteemed, but they're killing us inside because that's how we're trying to overachieve. Um, when you asked me how I got to a place of freedom, well, there was a real recognizing that I needed help. And like I said, I, I, uh, even today was talking to a woman that I'm sending, you know, she's in counseling right now. We're going to do some pastoral counseling, but she's in clinical counseling right now. I am all for that. Don't stop that. Don't stop your medication. But there is that component of going to Jesus. And I think that was, that is what I knew to do in the time because I had enough encounters with the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit that I knew then once that spirit of pride had been broken. And I felt freedom for the first time that I actually might even like myself. You know what? I had gotten to a place I hated myself. And I didn't realize that at first, but how can you have pride and hate yourself at the same time? But they do work hand in hand. And when that, when that stronghold initially was broken, well, then I could come to the Lord and say, okay, go to the deep places. I think as Christians, many times, we don't know that he wants to go that deep. But you, like I said, you read the scriptures, it's there from beginning to end. He wants his kids whole and he wants them well. Because the more that the Holy Spirit has control of our thought life and our emotions, the more we live in that abundance he talks about out of John 10, 10. You guys, you know, that scripture that we love so much. The enemy comes to kill, rob, and destroy, but the Lord came to give life. And so what I would say was a real turning point for me is where I have really started to experience freedom is that that light went on, even if it was a dim light at first, that Jesus, you want me well. Now I'm going to, I felt that invitation to come and accept that invitation. Well, then go deep in me. Show me where these things began. When did these things start in me where I felt like I had to outperform? Or, or why fantasy took over, because I could be perfect in my fantasy life, you know, or this addiction. It's always deeper than just a physical need. There's something deep in the soul. And you know what? The Holy Spirit, that's his job, the great comforter, the great counselor. You know, what is that at Christmas? You know, he's the mighty God. He's the counselor. And there's no counselor like the Holy Spirit. And if you have someone that can help you, that is that is great to do that. But I tell you, the Lord can do a lot of it just seeking Him. Yeah, it sounds like what you were doing was coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, show me what I'm not able to see. Show me the root issues. Show me some of the stuff of 
childhood the way I see myself. Show me, you know, I am behaving or thinking the way that I'm thinking. And that was really a starting place for God to, to bring breakthrough by showing you what, what was going on. Um, you know, in your book, you talked about uh, our, our mental strongholds or the mental ruts, thought patterns that tend to repeat themselves. And, you know, some of the things you're talking about when it comes to fantasy life and, uh, and, and uh, depression, you're talking about um, this, this cyclical process of thinking the, the same thing over. And you, you talked about vinyl records. And by the way, I'm, I'm not so young that I don't remember vinyl records, but I do remember if there was a, a scratch, it would just kind of itself. And that's what you had said our mind will sometimes do. It will just kind of like, um, uh, it, it, we, we tend to say the same thing or think the same thing over and over again. And as you're explaining that, I said, yeah, that's true. We find ourselves in this kind of cyclical rut. How did you find breakthrough when you're realizing that you're having this, uh, this, this broken record thought process? Well, I would, I'm going to elaborate from it, but I'll go back. It's, there's usually a root issue, a trauma or something. You know, uh, my eating disorder, I, I totally, and that's a total mind game in a person. Um, you know, you think somebody with an eating disorder, well, just stop it. Just start eating. You know, just don't do that. It's very much like anybody in an addiction. They can't stop. It's, it's an addiction. I mean, that's a rooted thing. And so just to swipe off the top and say, well, just stop it is never going to work. You're going to have to go to the root. And that's, again, where you might need outside help to walk you through that. Um, a pastor, a counselor. Um, but coming to Jesus, everybody can come to Jesus on their own. The great counselor will start go to those deep places. But how that affects our thought life is very much a, a really uh, current teaching in the church today. And it's, it's rooted in science. And I have no problem with science, let me tell you. To me, science is simply uh, the Lord in his great love and mercy revealing to men and women how he created things and how things work. I have no problem with science. And neuroscience talks about the thought patterns of the mind. And our minds truly can be renewed, as the Word of God says, out of Romans 1 and 2. You know, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's the crux of the book that I wrote. If our thoughts are renewed, our lives can be renewed and transformed. And when we get to those roots and we start to recognize those roots and then triggers things that cause us to go into these mind spirals. You know, what is it? No, I'm just being hypothetical. Noah, what makes you angry? What makes you go to that sad place? Well, don't just fluff it off. Go to Jesus, say, I want you to show me. What is the root? Where, when did this start me? Was I, you know, when, did, when was the last time I had this feeling and why? What is it I'm really feeling here? And when we start to recognize our triggers, we can start to say, okay, I don't have to think that way. And we really can renew, this is neuroscience again, renew the pathways of the neurons in our mind to rethink new thoughts. Now, the, the, I mean, this is my last little caveat with this. We can focus so much on the neuroscience that we do forget the spiritual. Because I do believe, again, I've said this over and over in the last couple of minutes, we have an adversary. And we have to call him out when we when we know that he is the one tripping up our minds. And there comes a point in a believer's life where we break the agreements with these thought patterns. 
is your thought, is your agreement worry? Are you a worrier? Are you a, uh, are you a discouraged kind of person that always spirals with discouragement? Are you an anger person? You spiral up, you escalate. What is your trigger? And come to Jesus honestly and say, I need help. And as he starts to show you stuff that he wants to fix, it's literally just saying, uh, and this is scriptural, 2 Corinthians 4, I renounce this. I break the agreement. I will no longer have union with this in Jesus' name. And that's when the power of the Holy Spirit, along with what science knows about how God created our mind, can work together and really change our thought processes. You know, Joyce Meyer hit it on the head. The battlefield really is in the mind. And that's what James 3 talks about in our, in the, just saying what the Word of God says. So it's pretty powerful, but it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, something that you said is really important to highlight. I mean, pretty much everything you said is important to highlight. But, um, you know, what you said, I don't have to think this way. And, you know, realizing the, uh, the, the, the rut type of thinking, the, the record, broken record type of thinking, realizing that we don't have to go there, you know, and that there is potential to create new pathways, you know, uh, and that's what God yes. does to um, newer places. And things like that is really, begin to, you know, it's like that whole, you know, that, that proverb, actually now I'm wondering if it's a psalm. You know who who we are in our mind. That's therefore that's what we so you know, starting in that place of of renewing our mind is really an important and powerful break. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, like as you were sharing, I, I was a pastor. I had God in my life. I had you know quiet time going, but it's like the Holy Spirit and God's Word uh, became. Uh, almost became renewed, became something powerful. Like as the way that you're talking about spreading God's word, it became so much more of of a tool as an an instrument or, you know, uh, something like a weapon of warfare. How did that happen where you began to see God's word and the Holy Spirit in 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 a new light? Oh, you're speaking my love language. You know, this is, this is my passion. Um, you know, I, I, cause I want to really say that again, when I was going through these struggles, this is not a, um, I was in the word daily. I was praying daily. I was teaching Bible studies and I certainly had encountered the Lord. Um, but my life did not match up what I read in the book of Acts or what I felt Jesus promised about the abundant life. My life was very up and down. I, I, uh, a Christian life. That's what I'm talking about. My Christian walk. Uh, you go to a retreat or a, a wonderful church service or even a time alone with the Lord and you're on this high. You know what I'm talking about? Noah? you have this high and you feel energized. You feel this God's presence. And then the dailiness of life, you hit the, you know, the dailiness of life just hits in. You know, I have three little kids at home. I had a house to clean. I had a church on top of that. And, um, you know, daily life, the thing, what are the, what's the saying? The thing about daily life is it's so daily and all of us. And, and as my ch- kids grew up and then I went to work full time for a major healthcare company and a fire department in Santa Clara, you know, just the day in, day out stuff. But about literally about 20 years ago, 
I, I just came to a place and I believe it was the Lord. And I uh, just said, honey, it's just time to get this stuff over with. I was walking in a lot of freedom, but I came to a place where I really felt, I told the Lord, I said, you know what? I'm not going to live another day without your presence. And um, that's literally all I said. I read it in your word. I, I see it in Paul's life. I see it in Peter's life. Jesus, this is what you did, and this is what you came for, for to rescue me. So I could live in your fullness. It has nothing, nothing to do with circumstances, but everything about your presence in my life. And I approached my quiet times differently, Noah. Instead of coming with my laundry list of prayers, I would literally just come and sit there. See, Jesus, here I am. You know, I, I, I'm not getting up until I sense something, until I hear a word that you would speak to my heart or you'd open the scriptures to me and something would come alive. And this is with probably my schedule was probably not, any, how can I say, it was crazy. I was traveling a lot. I was, um, like I said, working full time. I, and we were pastoring a different church at this time, but it was taking off. Um, you know, I, I'm saying time was of the essence. I didn't have, is that the right word? I didn't have much time. So it, that doesn't apply to this. But what time I did, I stopped bringing those, uh, my requests and just sat until he spoke. And I want to tell you, Jesus loved it. I really feel, I just sensed God's pleasure. And, and I would just felt, it was like priming the pump. The first couple of times I didn't feel anything. But then it would be that little trickle. And by this is very subjective how the Holy Spirit moves in a person's life. But it would be either that sense of peace or that sense of well-being that only the Holy Spirit can give, that sense of fullness. And then I started to open the Word, and it was coming alive to me. I wasn't just reading it to prepare for a study, but it was speaking into my current situation, whatever it was, with my kids, with my job, with the church, with my parents, my elderly parents whatever it was I was facing. And it was like the stuff that I had experienced in the mountaintops of retreats and special events started happening on a daily life. And I want to tell you, that was life transforming. I didn't have to work at ministry anymore, Noah. I hope this is a load off for you. People started wanting what I had because I had joy that I had never had before on a daily basis. And I want to tell you a lot of this deep healing stuff started happening much more quickly just by coming to the presence of the Lord. And it was that simple, exchanging my prayer times for prayer requests, just saying, okay, what is, what's up with you? What do you want to say today? That's great. But that's simple. You started to ask or answer my, uh, I guess, last question. And that is, you know, this experience that you had in your story uh, has actually turned into quite the ministry. And a lot of people have been blessed by it. Uh, tell us a little bit more as to what God has done through you, Mister, to other people uh, in, in the last few. I don't know how, how many is it decades. I don't know how many years. In, in, yeah, um, well, I say the last fifteen, 15, you know, probably fifteen to twenty years, and uh, uh, and it really, it really hinged on that decision that I wasn't going to go through a day without Jesus' presence. Now, have I failed at that? Oh, yes. Can I just, that caveat there. Um, you know, there, there's been months at a time where, where I've just de 
shifted from that place. But I tell you, I'm selfish enough, Noah, that I can't live without him. So I want to just be there. And I do everything I can to just stay in that. Now I'm in a place of being retired. I have a little more free time and flexibility. But that has not changed. And where, what happened with that? And I'm, I'm actually answering your question. It doesn't sound like it. Is as God was healing those deep places in me and healing my mind, and I'm just coming to sit in his presence and open his word to say what he wants to speak to me currently, I started to know who I was. I think that was a big question for me. I knew I had a call of God on my life, but I didn't really know what for. And things started to really formulate in those quiet times where I knew what to do next. Now, you know, the cool thing about those scriptures that we talk about that I alluded to, Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It also goes on to say, you will know what God's will is for you just by that simple healing of your thought life and, and sitting in his presence. I just started to know, you know what? I am a pastor. I have a care for people that is God-given, and I want to see people free like I have experienced freedom. So what the, I started with my own church, the church we were pastoring up there in Fairfield, and um, I started taking groups of ladies, just inviting them into my home and seeing God transform lives just by sitting there and, and kind of maybe facilitating, can I say that word? a time with them encountering the Lord to go to deep places. And uh, then it grew and I started, uh, I, I had a, these ladies that I had poured into, they were starting to go far exceed anything that I was doing for Jesus. And we kind of formed a team. We started a steps to breakthrough event, going to various churches um, up and down the state of California and seeing groups of women and then randy started doing it with men we don't usually do those together because we men and women emote differently um but just that whole thing of being free and then equip conferences came out with women to let's equip women to be healed be set free to know god in an intimate way so that they can fulfill the call on their lives and, and I just do uh, speaking for retreats and events like that. But that is my hobby horse, is that he has a call, men and women, on our lives. Even if we're lawyers, doctors, trash collectors, I don't care what you're doing. He has a call on your life to be the example of Jesus wherever you are, because the whole power of the Holy Spirit's within us. So that's really the crux of that ministry and where that, and, and I found out I love to write. So I've been writing just to self-publish stuff and online stuff, but that's been really thrilling. Amazing. I love how you shared that it was like the, the renewing and the healing is what led to the calling and it was like ministry kind of came through you from that experience. So that's really powerful. Um, Sue, is there anything else that you wish I would have asked you or something else that's on your heart that you wanted, you're hoping that you could share? Oh, Oh, you're just amazing. I, um, I'm so proud of you guys, like I said. And, um, you know, I think, I think if that's, if I could leave everybody with something, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, I know I'm talking to people that love Jesus ardently, that are filled with the Spirit, that love His Word. Um, but if you've hit a dry point, or if COVID has been um, 
driving anxieties or things have been flushed up in your marriage, in your home with your kids. You know, I mean, I hear this constantly. Um, if the elections, I'm just, you know, when you see this, if this is brought up just a lot of turmoil. I mean, don't, we tend to, as Christians, think that we got to shove these things under the rug and yeah, God will deal with them. But I want to tell you, everything in his word says to bring things out into the light. And um, that's out of 1 John. That's, that's what Jesus talks about in the gospel of John, that he cares more about us as individuals. Because if when we get whole, then he can just work through us. And it's not the effort that we have put into it to try to be a witness for Christ. Does that make sense? You know, he is after you. He loves you. He is concerned about those things that you don't tell anybody else. He is with you in the dark. And that's, that's Psalm 139. And while he's there in your dark, and can I use this word, while he's in that place in your personal hell, even if it's a little thing in your life or it's a major thing in your life, he wants to show you the way out and he wants to give you the tools to do it. And that is, um, that's what I want to leave with you. Don't, don't let these things go under the rug. Don't blame other people. Don't say, well, I got to take care of my kids first because it's really the oxygen mask on the airplane. What do they tell you? You get, you put the oxygen on first, then you'll help others. You won't be able to help people like you want until you take care of your stuff with the Lord. And that's would be my final words. Thank you. I'm going to have you pray for us in just a moment, but before I do, uh, I wanted to mention here that if you want to get uh, Sue's awesome book with a beautiful cover, uh, it makes me want to go run to the beach right now, uh, called Refresh. And uh, how do we get that book again? You know, it's on Amazon. It's on my website, suebolt.com, and you find the books tab, which will take you to Amazon. I, I hate to say this, I do have another cover, but I'm thinking about going back to this beach cover. But just look for Refresh. Sue Bolt, and uh, you'll it'll come up. All right, and we'll do yes, our uh, have that link available when we send out the email. Um, would you be willing to pray for us today, Sue? Oh, most certainly. My my pleasure. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you, Noah, and Lord, we thank you that you have not left us without the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives and the authority of your word to do battle and to break these strongholds that some of us, that I didn't for years realize that I even had. But Father, may this time be used in people's lives to say, you know what? I really want to take care of business with Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. I pray that hope would arise in people's hearts. I pray that joy would arise. I pray that just uh, a sense of new beginnings, because every day can be a new beginning with you, Lord, would take place in any of the listeners' hearts who need to hear this. We thank you for the goodness and the power of your word and you for who you are, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Sue. And uh, thank you, everyone. God bless you, and we'll be seeing you soon.